Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are once again going to be talking about one of our favorite entrants in virtual legality. He's been here before. Yes, it's Tyler Ninja Blevins of Fortnite and streaming and just general fame. He's one of the more famous gamers on the planet Earth. But I've pulled up on your screen, Virtual Legality 142 here, in which I titled it Better to Remain Silent and be thought a fool because at the time he was saying stupid things like I'll never understand how college and NFL football teams allow kickers that just miss kicks as if the act of kicking a football is something that a robot does and it's not like swinging a golf club at a golf ball or oh I don't know shooting folks in Fortnite that can change based on circumstances and orientation and wind speed and whatever Fortnite probably doesn't model wind speed but who knows He would then be another participant in virtual legality a short time later with a video I entitled Too Big to Fail on Ninja's repugnant defense of cheating in Fortnite, in which he said, basically, if you have enough popularity and you make enough money, you can do whatever you want. It's those people that don't have subscribers or followings that are the real troublemakers. Or as the quote in IGN says, there's a difference between a content creator who has millions of subscribers, hundreds of thousands of followers, who gets banned from what literally makes him money, and... Some kid who is just a piece of bleep, who has absolutely zero following, has zero money that comes from Fortnite, from gaming, and then hacks. That there's some difference between him and the little people that don't have the subscriber base or the money making that he has, as if that were a decent defense. And I say all of this not to impugn Ninja. He's done a good job for himself. A lot of people like his content, and they are more than welcome to do so, but to describe his thought process. So when the latest kind of controversy about Ninja comes out or is really highlighted, as we see here by GameSpot on their at GameSpot Twitter feed, and it becomes this thing where a lot of people talk about it and think that Ninja's a really bad actor here, I want to tell you not only is Ninja right that He shouldn't be in this role that he's talking about, that we're going to talk about a little bit more, but that it's a bad thing if he were to try to. Ninja says parents should parent their kids, citing that it's not his job to teach kids about racism and white privilege. That's where you get the big ninja's right from me. Not only is it not his job, that's true on a kind of more broad perspective that, all right, if you're just streaming a game of Fortnite, it's not your job to do these various things. And maybe you would sit back and say, well, he should. He should be a good role model. He should do his best. And I agree. That is what you should do. In fact, virtual legality stands for the proposition that reasonable minds can differ and that we can have these conversations about fairly controversial matters without devolving into ad hominem attacks that impugn the humanity of our political, philosophical, or legal opponents. And I want to stand for that. I want that more out in the world. But if you aren't a terribly clear thinker, if you don't have very specific thoughts about these topics, and if you could make more harm than good, people that like these conversations, that want to have these conversations, that want kids to have more of these conversations, or different conversations of different political philosophies or other life experiences, they should want Ninja to stay far away from their children or from other people that might be quote-unquote influenced by him. This is not a clear thinker. Let's take a look at the article. Ninja thinks parents should parent their kids. The popular streamer said it's not his job to teach kids about racism and white privilege. This comes from a New York Times article, and I will pull out a snippet of that. I don't 
like to use those articles too much because they do get a little bit uh, testy about the content that is used on various other platforms. But he says, listen to, and more importantly, teach your kids. You see here in this article from GameSpot, that isn't quoted, so it's a paraphrase. Always have to take that into account when we're getting information from now two separate sources. Ninja was asked several questions by the publication about a number of things in his life, from his plans to transition to voice acting to his comments a few years ago about not playing games with women. One question in particular was centered around the behavior of the kids who frequent his live streams. When asked what could be done to mitigate the oftentimes infantile and inflammatory comments made in the chat, which inevitably tend to devolve into some form of derogatory or racial slurs, Ninja said, it all comes down to parenting. And now in green here, we have his direct quotes. You want to know who your kid is? Listen to him when he's playing video games, when he thinks you're not. I would argue, listen to them when they think you're not listening in any context, but sure, video games. Here's another thing. How does a white kid know he has white privilege if his parents never teach him or don't talk about racism? Ninja went on to say it's not his job to teach kids about culture or topics related to race because his first instinct is to assume he's being trolled in the chat. If they're gaming and their first interaction with racism is one of their friends saying the N-word and they have no idea what it is, what if it was on my stream? Is it my job to have this conversation with the kid? No, because the first thing that's going on in my head is the kid is doing this on purpose to troll me. If someone says a racial slur on someone else's stream, it can potentially get that streamer banned. It's awful, but that's the first thing I think of. And here, I will back up Ninja once again. I have nothing even remotely close to Ninja's audience on the internet, but I have also had people that have tried to get me to say things on live streams that could potentially get the channel banned and otherwise cause trouble. This was on a most recent Fabto, uh, if you want to look up that particular interaction. So I understand wanting to avoid those things and assuming bad faith on the part of what amounts to your community. On the other hand, he's just simply saying, is it his job? And the answer is no. Of course, we can all be better human beings and, and try to teach others to have a good approach to life. But he doesn't think it's just him. He doesn't think it's just his community. He doesn't think it's just gaming. I don't think it's gaming, he says. I think it's internet culture. People are behind the screen. It sucks that there are kids who can say racist things and be incredibly aggressive and threatening to women online and have zero repercussions. It would be awesome if when someone said something threatening, you could be like, let me look up this dude's gamer tag on this website, dash, dash. If the law could do this, not a normal person. And then boom, it's Jimmy. He said this, let's call his parents. And in fact, if you can't already imagine, my reading of this article is when I decided to do this video. So Ninja has gone out here with, again, another really clear thought that says, oh, I wish we could look up the people's gamer tags, their anonymous internet avatar names. And not normal people, his quote, not mine, but the law as a kind of amorphous concept, presumably he means law enforcement, could look those individuals up and then call their parents. Because one of the main things that's a problem with this line of thinking is that what these kids are doing, even if you find it offensive, even if it's really bad racism or what have you, Twitch can throw them off, Ninja can throw them off, but the government really can't. We've talked about this a lot in this space. The First Amendment protects pretty absolutely freedom of speech and just being a not nice person is not an affront to the government. So Ninja would actually have the law take a fairly unconventional and very likely unconstitutional step 
of compiling a database of avatar names, which already is practically impossible because of just the size and the ability to change these things, and then to afford the law enforcement mechanisms with the power to look these names up, to go behind the veil, and then presumably have information attached. Let's call his parents. That requires the parents' phone numbers. That requires familial connections. And to have the government collecting this giant database of internet interactions. I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to look at this and say, not only is it impracticable, it's a massive violation of privacy and data protection. And let's not forget, it would make one of the most sought after databases for anybody that was in hacking or otherwise wanted to compromise that privacy to go and get. And the government, uh, isn't necessarily the best at protecting that data. Not that any of these other services are terribly good at it otherwise. But he also says some other things that also kind of play into this issue that I have with this kind of conceptually. So I've pulled up a different answer that he gave to the New York Times in their interview, and I will link the New York Times story in the description to this video. They asked him, what's your feeling about the responsibility that online platforms should have for how they are used? He starts out pretty strong. It's their platform, so they should be able to do what they want if it isn't violating any constitutional rights. Now, to be clear, a private actor isn't likely to be able to violate constitutional rights uh, by their own actions. Uh, They can violate the law, but the Constitution prescribes the way in which the government operates. And that can be the federal government, the U.S. Constitution, or your state constitution. Now, that could be different in different jurisdictions. I am an American lawyer operating here in Michigan. But in general, Twitch can't do much to violate constitutional rights. And we've talked about this a lot. Twitch or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, if they cut you off, that isn't a violation of the First Amendment. Could be a breach of their contract, depending on what they've written, although it very likely isn't it isn't a violation of your First Amendment rights. And that goes down through all the amendments and all the rest of the articles and clauses and subclauses if you want to talk about them separately. So it's pretty strong. They should be able to do what they want within the confines of the Constitution, but it's very unlikely that they can trip over that line. In any event, now we get a little less strong. The President of the United States on his Twitter account should not be allowed to spread false information to the world. Okay. So now we get back to our who watches the watchers concept, right? And if you haven't been watching virtual reality, you may or may not know that YouTube recently uh, censored one of my videos as harassment for reasons that are beyond my ken that don't have anything harassing or bullying uh, in them. And that it appears to have been very likely, in my opinion, a robot that was tagging specific words and determining them to be problematic in and of themselves. Now, That was their decision, and I've appealed it, and I'm going to fight against it. Uh, But what he is talking about is to have Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and every other major consumer-facing internet outlet decide what is this word right here, false, right? And I know a lot of you feel very strongly about these things coming from the last presidency, coming from even just the last month of activity about how things can go wrong and can be taken either out of context or fully in context and create harms. But in and of itself, false information, lies, without a contractual fraud claim, without something else that goes along with it, is not illegal. And I think we intuitively understand why it's not illegal, right? If you go and you tell your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you're going to the library uh, after work, but you actually go to the bar with your friends, that's a lie. And that shouldn't be something that is legally cognizable. You shouldn't be able to be sued for that. 
Chances are if you somehow used social media to send that message through Facebook, Facebook should probably not have an obligation, a legal one, to kick you off because you lied uh, to your spouse. Obviously, when we start talking about things like presidents and executives and people with real power, it becomes more important, but it also becomes more amorphous, right? When we talk about lies, it's very easy to point to some big ones that you might be remembering from the Trump administration, but it really doesn't stop just there. And if you think it does, you're being a little myopic about how politicians operate. And I apologize for bringing a little bit more cynicism into your life. PolitiFact here, which in general kind of talks about facts and things and says when somebody is lying, has a number of instances where Joe Biden, now president of the United States, has quote unquote lied with his pants on fire, including the fact that he got arrested trying to visit Nelson Mandela on Robbins Island. Never happened. These kinds of things, right? And maybe you think, well, that's not important. They're just talking about rhetoric. They're talking about things that are inconsequential. They also point out things like the fact that he keeps saying that 600,000 teachers have been laid off and that this isn't accurate. There's already a circumstance, he says, where nationwide, because of the requirement of school districts, county offices, mayors, governors, having to balance their budgets, they've already had to lay off 666,000 teachers. And PolitiFact goes up in their article and points out that this is effectively a government report that talks about people that worked in local government, but not teachers. And this may seem small, but this is actually affecting what his budget proposition is. This 1.9 trillion dollar budget plan, the savings plan is going to include things that go to local school districts. Even CNN, who is generally very nice to the Biden speech, which was only this last week, so this isn't something that's from months ago, points to this and says, uh, it's employed in local government education. You can't really call them educators. These numbers count everyone, including cafeteria workers, custodial workers, students who are on payroll for various reasons. So educators shouldn't be interpreted to mean teachers specifically, even though that's what he's doing. And again, you might think this is tiny. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but this is the slippery slope you go down if somehow YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or whomever decides that they are going to be slicing the onion this thinly. And you don't want them to be in the position to do that. So again, we have this situation where Ninja is talking about an impracticable solution to actually controlling anonymity on the internet using the quote unquote law to do so is not being careful about what Twitter should or shouldn't do with respect to false information. He continues by saying the fact that people were giving Twitter expletive for banning Trump. Where does it end? No, you idiots. He's the president and he's lying. They had a duty to stop letting him manipulate people with lies. They had a duty to stop letting him manipulate people with lies. That is a far, far extended duty from just what you have when he starts out by saying they can do whatever they want. They had a duty. You can do whatever they want. Not a clear thinker on these topics. And that it took Facebook this long to do it. Come on, the big Z, presumably talking about Mark Zuckerberg. What are you doing? So they can do whatever they want, except I get mad about it, and they have a duty to not do whatever they want, is not who you want teaching your kids about racial animus, race theory, culture, education, law, economics, really anything else. Ninja, and I don't want to take anything away from him here, has built a brand that is to be envied. He's done a fantastic job. He's a wonderful marketer. I don't watch his stuff, but people find him very entertaining. And if he wants to say, I shouldn't do these things, you should take him at his word. He shouldn't do these things, not just because he doesn't want to, 
but because he would actively harm whatever it is you are trying to achieve. This is not the philosophical Algonquin roundtable thinker that you want on your side of any issue, whatever side that might be. So Ninja is 100% right. You don't want him near them. And I have to say, for in general, influencers, people that make their money and their livelihood and their brand playing video games, they're entertainers. This is not very different from athletes. I have long, long advised people to not just let their kids or even their siblings or their parents take advice from people that are in different walks of life, doing different things with different educational experiences because they can have their own thoughts, but much like actors talking about whatever is the most recent political craze or now influencers talking about the same, it's unlikely to be very clearly thought through. And that means me too, by the way. You want to come into virtual legality and leave me a comment that says, you know what, Rick, I don't find you to be a terribly clear thinker. And I would say, you know what? That's okay. Hopefully, I'm a little bit more clearly thought than Mr. Blevins here. But if you disagree with me, I think that's great. Go and find somebody that disagrees with whatever thing I'm putting up on virtual legality. Watch both of those videos and come to your own conclusions. That's living. That's fun. Reasonable disagreement is the spice of life. But don't leave your kids plop down in front of Twitch and think that Ninja is going to make them better people. Because I can tell you, not only is he not going to do that, it is exceedingly likely that he will somehow make things worse. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the channel. We've now got a Patreon, a Streamlabs, a store. You can find our Patreon at Virtual Legality, the Streamlabs at Richard Hogue, the store at the Hogue-Law-Store. But if you don't want to do any of that and you otherwise like the content, just consider subscribing and telling your friends any little bit helps. And we're growing and we'd love to grow more. And we love having you here checking out virtual legality. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.